cover, a shock of white fur and two rounded ears peek out from behind a newspaper. The reader is sitting under a shady tree in Simone Park. In the background, we can see Darren and Debbie Diabolus chatting and smiling awkwardly. In the lower right foreground, Hero and the Brociples are strapping on helmets and knee pads and laughing. The front page of the newspaper bears a picture of William and Frederick in Furnace, and the headline reads, Business Giant and Son Injured in Accident. Issue 41. One week later. And welcome back to Apex City. I want to open on William, who, as I recall, uh, last issue was not in a great place at the end of it, kind of kind of stuck in a giant stone enclosure of his own making, along with his dad, uh, who had at this point passed out because certain demonic abilities uh, to which the two of them have been accustomed are suddenly and traumatically gone, and uh, your dad kind of collapsed in the aftermath of that. I mean, I did too, to be fair. You did too, and I think as you as you come back uh, around, you did take an advancement after the last one uh, that I want to talk about kind of right now. I, there's an advancement that says uh, someone permanently loses influence over you, uh, add plus one to a label. Only feels that he's been very betrayed right now. So, whereas currently, I believe Debbie actually has some influence over him, that influence is going to be permanently lost forever. <laughs> okay. She can never have influence over William again, and then I'm going to add plus one to some label. What's William feeling right now? Not particularly superior. I, I, logically, maybe mundane. He's definitely feeling, as much as I would love to add to Freak, I don't feel like that makes sense. Sure, why not? We'll add to mundane, just for just for solid character reasons. Makes sense. He's distinctly more normal now, minus the burns all over his face. So as you come back to consciousness, what's your what's your first kind of go-to? I don't have my staff because I portaled that to me and then portal it away. So uh, when I come to, I'm going to continue to try to get out of this room, that, this prison that I made for myself. So yeah, I'm just going to like try and like pound down these walls that were are mostly down anyway, I believe. I think your dad your dad made a good a good amount of headway. I'll tell you what, go ahead and unleash your powers because you have feeble human uh body right now and while you do still while you have a fairly sizable um opening, you're going to have to widen it a little bit to get out. So uh yeah, go ahead and go ahead and unleash your powers. Sam so you you widen uh, a big enough hole to wriggle out of this stone and encasement that you had uh, caught yourself in and onto the street behind the William Gibson collection. And from there, I want to move forward a little bit. Um, so in the immediate aftermath of that, where was William going? What was your plan? Um, I assume there's still plenty of cars parked outside. Uh, the immediate issue is dragging my father's body still living body out into a car and probably attempting to get to a hospital. Fair enough. So, so we get those scenes. Uh, we don't have to get you the entire way there. We assume that you get him out somehow, get him into a car, get him to a hospital. And I think that's a, a good scene to, to kind of panel out on because meanwhile, up in the Infernus tower, how's it going? I would say it worked. We have no concept of what's happened to William and his dad. So we're both like high fives all around. We did great. Yeah, let's go to ice cream. I think that is a, a good idea. And I think Debbie, 
after uh, replacing the knife on the little altar and, you know, getting everyone out of this weird ritual space, does offer to treat you all to some ice cream. So we have uh, a nice couple of panels of Piro and Darren and Jackie and Debbie uh, just having a nice a nice scoop of ice cream. Uh, what's what's everyone having? Ooh, vegan pistachio. Yes, vegan pistachio. I feel like Jackie has a bowl that has a scoop of Rocky Road and a scoop of like bubblegum flavor. Uh, I want like an ice cream cone in, or an, in a bowl with like the cone up so it looks like a little clown hat. What what kind of ice cream? Uh, okay, vanilla. <laughs> okay. Vanilla and chocolate stripes? No, just straight vanilla. Straight vanilla, sugar cone, that's it. <laughs> just in a bowl. We're not very imaginative here. Which is amazing, because that's literally Piro's power. All of these panels are just going back and forth between William and an ambulance heading toward a hospital, and then the rest of the group eating ice cream, oh, and then yeah, ambulance, yeah, like and you, then ice cream. Yeah. Like Perfect. Dad's hooked up to monitors. Like you see, like a little little EKG go in. Uh, they're, can, they're probably taking a cat scan of him at some point. Can we send a message over the Kopi watch saying, like, "Hey, we're non Williams is Williams is busted. It busted because uh, the giant flames that appeared all over his That's body. Very That's true. <laughs> That's fair. That would That's fair. That explain why you left me on red. <laughs> but we sent a message to you. I even offered. Do you want mint? Chocolate chip with hot sauce? Like, how you like it? Imagine you meant Tabasco sauce. Exactly! Okay. He's hot and cold. Ooh. Debbie's having herself a milkshake with a, with a cherry in it. It's very classy. And let's move on from there, because I, I really do want to skip us forward a good bit. In the kind of days after that, uh, first off, Frederick Infernus is in a legit coma. Who knows how long he's going to be in this, but he does not immediately wake up. He is in stable condition, but not conscious. Eric has kind of stepped up to take over the day-to-day business of the Infernus Corporation, along with your mother, which we haven't really talked about her a whole lot. It has been 41 episodes. What's your mom's name? Did you actually go through and make sure this has never been established? I did. Holy cow. I was just thinking the other day, like, I was just remembering this the other day, that we haven't heard of Liam's mom in a while. Yeah, we're gonna go with Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina. No, absolutely not. Does she shorten that, or does she go by Wilhelmina? Uh, Wilhelmina Infernus. Definitely Wilhelmina. Oh, that's good. So the the official story (laughs) is that your dad was in a car accident and is now in a coma. And once he awakens, we'll obviously, you know, resume his position as the head of the Informers Corporation. But in the meantime, Eric and Wilhelmina are holding it in trust and sort of acting as a a board head. Am I? I assume I had to spend some time in the hospital as well. You probably did. Uh, your your injuries once you um, once you actually get down to it are not as serious as at first they might have looked on the page. But yeah, you probably do spend a day or two in the hospital. We're gonna move right past that. That said, there's definitely some scarring. I do want to uh, I do want to note Debbie is not so much around when you get back after having ice cream uh, with the Debbie squad. Debbie kind of drops off the radar for a minute. Which, to be fair, this is not the first time she's done this. She did have a whole ass hidden uh, sanctum. So, 
speaking of people who have stuff going on, Piero, how's it going? It's going well. What are you up to in the aftermath of this? Because I know you have things going on in your life uh, that you may want to address, and this may not be a bad time to address some of those. Yeah, uh, I have a couple different options, I think, for how I want to address how, you know, I just kind of disappeared in the middle of the Horace and Todd Roman fight. Uh, would like to kind of know what happened there. So I think what I want to do is go see Rick and Montel because uh, I did find Todd for them, but I forgot to tell them. It's not going to be that difficult for you to get in contact with them. Like they haven't changed their phone numbers or anything or their social media. So I guess the question is, how are you approaching them? What are you, what's that look like? Probably just going to shoot them a text on like some social media platform, I guess. Are you going to like shoot them a text like, hey, found Todd, then Todd got disappeared again, or? Um, no, uh, no, uh, just, hey, we need to talk, you know, like, when can I meet you or whatever? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to refuse to meet with you or anything. I guess the question is, where are you meeting? The park that we went to when, you know, Ruby attacked everyone, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Simone Park. They're, they're familiar with it. Uh, so you meet in Simone Park. It's, you know, nice. There's statues, there's benches, there's trees. And I think they are dressed to play some frisbee, as they often are. I think Rick's wearing rollerblades, and uh, Montel's got a skateboard. They are both wearing pads and helmets, because safety first. And I think I think they have brought along a spare skating board. Uh, or I'll, I'll, I'll let, leave this up to you. Or Razor Scooter. Uh, the scooter, absolutely. All the way. Okay. Uh, so as you are uh, rollerblading slash skateboarding slash razor scooting through Simone Park, what does this conversation look like? So I, I I'm obviously obviously going to tell them that I found Todd, but I'm also going to be like, I don't. There's a lot that I don't remember and stuff that I straight up just don't know because he immediately starting started attacking my other friend. And uh, you know, obviously they believe you. That doesn't sound like Todd, but I mean, you were there, so well, where where are they now? I don't know. I don't. Uh, that's the part that I'm missing. I got sent to a sand dimension and then I met my friend's grandpa and he was pretty cool. And then uh, I went to the future and then I went back a little bit and then I met a guy and there was a lot of him. And then he sent me back here and then a werewolf guy, he sniffed me a bunch and he was like, where's the man who has many men? And then I just kind of wanted to go home at that point. So uh, that's all I know. Yeah, sounds like you've had a rough uh, time, I guess. So I, I think aside from that, they're just they're just going to have a nice day scooting around the park. Not going to press you too hard for Todd Roman information, since it sounds like you've been through a lot right now. Thanks, bros. So, Jackie, how's it going? I'm not really sure what Jackie would be up to. Um, I feel like the last thing that she was... I feel like what you would probably be doing is trying to do more research about that thing on the moon. And I guess the question is, how how would you go about that? Probably, I would start on, what's what's our search engine here called? Uh, well, Snoogle Maps Snoogle. was just, yes. well, that was just, that was just, Snoo- you know oh, what, yes, yeah, sure, it's, it's, a, it's a whole Snoogle uh, enterprise now, so sure. why not? Why not? S-N-U with an umlaut, uh, G-L-E. No, no, no yeah. E, just, just G-L. So... Barium is probably going to start with this uh, Snoogle search, which I assume is not going to bring up much, which is probably going to prompt uh, trying to hack into Kobe's archives. I tell you what, so as you are looking online uh, for information, what are you looking in? Like, what's what's the keywords look like for that search? 
probably Candyland is going to show up in there. And tentacles and moon. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of board games. Lots of lots of stuff about uh, octopi. Sure, that's what showed up. All lots right. Of st- look, this is a PG thirteen. Uh... Jackie has safe search on. <laughs> <laughs> you do get a couple of like four pages down uh, hits about secret government moon prison conspiracy. But these are all on like personal blogs, and there's no corroborating evidence whatsoever. So if you are going to try and break into uh, these files uh, for that, assuming you do not have any other move that might apply here, I am going to ask you to unleash your powers. Yeah, I don't think I have any other moves that'll help with that. So go ahead and unleash your powers then. (laughs) So that's a roll of three plus my freak, which is four. Four total. Okay. Okay. So how? Let's 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 set the scene here. So you're trying to uh, get into Kobe's records. How are you going about that? So I think I would go to my my room and I'd probably try uh, just plugging myself into the Wi-Fi. Apparently, forgetting everything I know about accessing computers and just you know going straight through it. Just, hey, I want to find out this stuff. Just talking to the the, the main computer. Yeah. Perfect. You do get down far enough to realize that Kobe doesn't actually have a whole lot of malice. This is a, you know, secret government moon prison, so it's not like they were sharing information with other organizations, uh, especially ones that are as apparently lenient as Kobe is. But you also set off some alarms so that it has been noticed that you are poking around in restricted access areas. What? Jackie isn't being stealthy? What is this? What about the computer software that you freed from the moon? I was going to say I should have asked TDOS for help on this. Yeah, yeah TDOS. Just bring, just bring T in, plug her right into the Kopi mainframe. What's the Nothing can, can go wrong. Perfect. No, no, TDOS isn't going to go into Kopi. TDOS and I are going to hack the Department of Defense mainframe. I like that. Oh, that's that. good. Yeah, now that's that, that is a plan. But for now, you you do get noticed breaking into this mainframe. I think we're going to come back to that. I would like to move over to probably uh, one of the most important things that is happening in uh, Apex City within this next little uh, span of time. And that is, yeah, the Public School 44 Spring Formal is is happening soonish. So obviously Darren is in school. Uh, and aside from the one moon mission I don't assume has missed a whole lot of school or or are you a delinquent? No, I do not miss I do not miss school. I have a near perfect attendance except for the moon robbery. So with the spring formal right around the corner, obviously uh school's in high gear. There's flyers up everywhere, much like a teen movie. This is all anyone can talk about. And I guess the the question here is, does Darren have or is Darren seeking a date to the spring formal? Yes. I am seeking a date. Okay. In particular, <laughs> I would like Debbie to be my date. Okay. She took me shopping to get my dress. That's true. That's true. She did. And for my school outfit. And she's gone to school. Not your school, but... Not my school, but she's gone to a school. Sorry. Barium, you're a treasure and you're invaluable. But you've not been to school. <laughs> so... Technically, I'm enrolled in school. I've just been very delinquent, not going. And also, Piro's in college, so, you know, or was. Uh, College college dropout. I I, I full-heartedly ship Darren and Debbie. I full-heartedly also ship 
Darren and Debbie. So I want to invite Debbie to be my date. How are you approaching Debbie with this? I would first start by messaging her, by sending her a text message. Like, hey, can we meet? Um, okay, now without the ums. We don't have that in text. Can we meet up Simone Park? I want to ask you something with flower, like emoji. Like, like flower? Oh, that's good. Yeah, flower Fantastic. emojis. I think Debbie is going to text you back and say, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I've been kind of absent lately. I've been on, uh, I've been taking a little trip around, around the world now that I've got these sweet teleportation powers. That's awesome. But where'd you get the teleportation powers? Uh, she, she, you get those like dot, dot, dots that she's responding and then like they disappear. And then there's like dot, dot, dots that she's responding. And then they're like, they disappear again. And then from demons. Well, can you meet me after school in Simone Park? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to explode in flowers. I'm going to pick a couple and put them in my locker for later. Nice. So as soon as William gets back, he's going to, I, I assume I'm not locked out of my house. Our house is still our house. Yeah. She didn't steal your, your house. So I want to go into the, do, do I still have access to the extra planar study? Uh, the the, the long hallway with skins. So that is actually one of the places that I wanted to go there. Um, so when you get back and you try to access that space, you can still access the physical space behind that bookshelf, but there is a short hallway and then it just ends where the wall should end. So there is no longer anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like the actual like secret altar room is just not there. There is that hallway that had, like, the pictures of, like, your ancestors on it. Those are still there. Okay. But, like, the wall just ends where the wall should end. Okay. So I no longer have access to that same space. That's good. Otherwise, I don't know why I wouldn't just take the powers back. So this is just a hallway with paintings, uh, and that's it. Yep. Do I... The next thing I would be doing is searching desperately, because now I there is a big question mark, okay? I don't know what happened. Well, I have a pretty good idea of what happened, but I don't know where the void chimes are. And so I would be scouring as much as possible to attempt to find, like, I'd be, like, destroying my father's office in an attempt to find any of the void chimes. Yeah, so we get those panels where you're tearing apart your dad's office, and you do eventually find a little safe uh, built into his desk, and you suspect that if they're anywhere, they're going to be in there. Now, it is a big, heavy, locked safe, uh, and it does have a, a pin pad, not a key. Yeah, I don't see any point in attempting to get in there. One thing's for sure, it's not going to be my birthday. Uh, in that case, uh, I'm going to start studying. At this point, I don't know if William trusts anyone, including you guys. So that could explain why William hasn't been in contact. I feel like it should have been fairly clear to you guys that we were supposed to be going after Void Chimes. And you guys came in here and did something else entirely. And I think William Bright feels a little, possibly feels a little betrayed by everyone at this point. Mostly Debbie, but definitely doesn't exactly trust you guys. So he's going to be studying on his own. So what are you, what are you looking into? What are you studying? Oh, I am studying summoning signs. So yeah, I, I think... I like that we get the uh, we get those panels of probably William and his dad's like now very disheveled uh, and destroyed office just like 
poring over books that have like weird symbols in them and like pictures of monsters and demons and that kind of stuff. And that's probably where he's been for the last couple of weeks because there's a lot to go over. And he's very obsessed right now. I've decided uh, his, uh, let's go with left arm is, uh, and like a little bit of his neck, left, left side of his neck has definitely like some uh, coiling scars, like heat scars going up and down it. Let's get back over to Jackie. So after uh, tripping that alarm, I think a couple of Kobe agents do come to just make sure uh, that no one is trying to invade the Kobe pyramid, as has happened in the past. So I think they're more concerned that like there's some villain attacking, right? Uh, than that you're trying to break in because they didn't tell, like it just says, hey, someone's trying to get into this rude access. Uh, so you see, I think, I think definitely Brad and probably a different agent that you are not familiar with. Let's say Brad and Felicia, you see them kind of like hurrying down towards uh, the area that you were trying to access the, the Kobe database from. Uh, what do you do? I, I'm probably just gonna, you know, act like someone who's just been, been caught doing something they shouldn't and just sort of like rapidly unplug and just like pretend I was doing something else. It's like, oh yeah, I was just, uh, just doing my laundry or something. And I think as as they round that corner, uh, Brad looks over at you. Did you did you see anybody around here just now? We got some weird. Uh, we got a, we got an alarm. No, I didn't see anyone. It's just me. And they kind of look at you and they like do that like eyes thing where they're like, okay, but you you keep an eye out. There there's something going on around here. And oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll be sure. Yeah, this 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 is just cat in the Kopi building. Kopi cat. Oh, that's good. <laughs> So they let you go without uh, too much more, but close call. And what is your plan after after this, within the next like day or two? Well, I am going to get in touch with TDOS, and uh, I'm going to lay out this uh, this plan to perhaps hack the DoD. Basically, last time you had gotten in contact with T, you had given her on a laptop over to Crackshot uh, with the instruction to get that laptop to Dr. Cassiano. So I guess the question is, how are you tracking down that laptop now? That's a good question. My thought was, I'm just gonna do like a, a general search across like uh, Snoogle for any sort of minor cyber crimes that I think fit T's uh, docket, see if I can track them down that way. I think that's gonna work. And then, you know, use that to delve into the dark web and all that stuff that I don't know about. <laughs> Definitely. I think what you come across is that a local mortgage l- uh, lender has had all of their yearly income redirected to anti-censorship charities. And like, no one can figure out how it happened. Because like, usually that would require some sort of a wire transfer, which is an online transaction. But normally you have to have multiple people sign off on that sort of thing. And multiple people did sign off on that on that thing. But they happened at like separate lending branches. But they all happened at the same time, like exactly the same time. Suspicion is some sort of tech villain, but no one's really sure who yet. Yeah, that, that sounds good. And I guess the question is, because I'm just going to, you know, leave this one entirely on to you. Where do you track down TDOS? So I think when I hack all the internets, as I do, I track them down to an internet cafe next to some sort of abandoned uh, shopping mall, probably, because 
I assume everything in Apex City is next to some kind of abandoned building. I mean, there is the one uh, abandoned shopping mall, canonically, so we'll just, we can use that one. There's no reason not to. And apparently there's a little internet cafe next to it. And I think you track down uh, TDOS, Crackshot, Motorhead, and Dr. Cassiano, who have all kind of uh, joined forces at this point. So I've, I've inadvertently put Dr. Cassiano on the Killage people? Yes. And they are all kind of working one big job to try and uh, make enough money to get out of Apex City and back to Maestro City. They're just looking for that one big score, and they think they're they're close. Doesn't matter what that score is. As you come upon them, they're, you know, all huddled around the one laptop that is, in fact, TDOS. And I think they're probably watching cat videos, because, you know, you gotta unwind even if you're a villain. So yeah, go ahead and make your pitch. So... After talking and figuring out that they are up for this one last big hit before trying to get back, I'm going to say, I've got a pitch for you. I'm sure you're at least TDOS. You're tired of this small time stuff. How about we do something memorable, something big, something interesting? I want to hack the DOD. The screen just like lights up with one of those like big like 8-bit smiley faces. Uh, and then you hear uh, TDOS's voice through the speakers. I'm in. What do you need? I'm trying to find information on that prison because I want to find anything I can on it. We'll see what I... I'm not sure what I want to do with it yet, but there's some weird stuff going on up there and I want to know about it. So anything you can find on Candyland, I would love to get my hands on. And you know, anything else you find in there, you're free to sell or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to stop you. So so yeah, uh, T is definitely in on this. Cassiano is willing to uh, to assist. Yeah, yeah, we gotta expose the human rights violations that are up there, you know. Yeah, because as, as much as he was helping out because he was, you know, a prisoner of the state, and that's what you do, there there were definitely some shady stuff going on up there. So he does say that if we want to do this, uh, if we want to do this right, we should probably try and get a local physical uplink. And he kind of looks over at Crackshot and Motorhead, and they're is in fact a military base just towards the outskirts of Apex City, which is, you know, where you left for the moon from, so you know where it's at. So rather than just trying to like backdoor in uh, electronically, it would probably be most efficient if we went in and directly linked T into their mainframes. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, is that all? Yeah. I mean, you know, the killage people, B and E was our specialty. So yeah, give it a day or two and I think I think we can make this work. So I want to move briefly back over to Piro. You've had a nice day out in the park uh, with Rick and Montel. Uh, You've kind of informed them what you know about Todd Roman. And towards the end of the day, there is a bright flash over the park. And out of it drops a a woman that you are very familiar with and a fella that you are also very familiar with. And they both look like they have been slightly singed. They look like they have been through some some difficult times. And uh, Horace just kind of like pulls herself up to her feet and looks around and looks honestly very, very confused. Todd is unconscious, but he kind of like flops onto his back. And you can see that that gem that had been kind of like embedded in his chest is no longer so much embedded in his chest. But there is kind of like a big gem shaped scar like in the middle of his chest. What do you do? Uh, okay, so I'm gonna obviously run over to these people, and I'm gonna ask Horus if she's okay, because she's conscious and alive. As you run over to her, I think she kind of, like, takes a step back, and you you see that look on her face where she does not recognize you, but, like, when you ask if she's okay, she kind of looks around and, like, 
where where are we? This isn't where is this? This is Simone Park. And she kind of shakes her head a little bit. No, I, I I go to Simone Park a lot. That's not everything's everything looks wrong. Wrong how? And it's at this point that you realize uh, that normally Horace also has like a big gem in her chest, and it is likewise not so much there. And I think she's starting to like get her bearings a little bit, and she's looking around, and like her eyes are starting to widen a little bit. What year is it? Twenty twenty. And she kind of like takes a step back and like puts her hand up to her up to her mouth and just like shakes her head, and then she like just runs off through the park. What do you do? I'm gonna turn to Rick and Montel, and I'm gonna say. Check on Todd. I'm going after her, and then I'm going to run after Horace. They start, you know, looking after him. I think one of them is uh, is calling EMS because, you know, and you take off through the park after Horace. And as you do, I want to move over to the other side of the park uh, where Darren is meeting with one Debbie Diabolus. Yes, I have a bouquet of flower. Uh, Debbie has a little bit of tan. Debbie's been uh, globetrotten. And she's got all sorts of pictures. She's been all over the place. So she's she's definitely, uh, you know, come prepared. And she sees the flowers and she kind of like fans herself a little bit and goes, what's the occasion? Okay. Um, so there's this mating ritual at my school. And we all go and partner. And I want to know if you want to be a part of the ritual where we dance. Oh, oh, she looked a little bit confused to that whole like mating ritual thing. And then as soon as you say dance, she like gets it. Okay. Okay. All right. You're asking me to go to a dance. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. When is it? It's the date that the DM tells me. And <laughs> <laughs> comic book time is weird. Because we live in a weird time. <laughs> but I wasn't sure you would say yes, because I hadn't seen you in a long time. In fact, I haven't seen you or William in a long time. Huh. No, I, I thought he would have I thought he would have gotten together with you at some point. Hm. I'm sure he's fine. By the way, what happened to the Void Chimes? Oh, I left him up there. Up where? I I mean, I I still have uh, the ones that I have, and uh, the ones that are up there, I, I figured William could take care of. Now that his dad's not a threat anymore. His dad's in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, I've been keeping on top of that. Have you heard from him? What, William? No, he hasn't talked to me since. Which, to be fair, not not really surprised. Why? I assume he's probably mad at me. Why would he be mad at you? You stopped his dad. Yeah, but his dad's in the hospital now, and I mean, like, I assume he's probably not feeling too great either. Because he was kind of, like, with his dad at the time. Are you saying that he saw his dad get hurt? I mean... Stands to reason, yeah. Maybe we should talk to him. Or contact. This seems uncharacteristic. Yeah, I mean, if you want to. I was trying to give him a little bit of space. I know his life has changed uh, dramatically uh, recently, so I was just trying to give him some room to figure that out. Yeah. Well, I will see if I can maybe pick you up at the hour, and um, we'll go to the dance. And I'll, I'll contact... I'll send him flowers! That fixes everything. I don't know that it fixes everything, but it's a sweet thought. Yeah. So I want to bounce over back over to Piro one more time. As you are chasing after Horace, eventually you do catch up to her. Where do you catch up to her? Are you still in the park? Have you left the park at this point? I'm going to say we're still in the park. Uh, so how do you catch up to her? Because I think she is just kind of like panic running. 
do I still have a scooter? That's up to you. <sighs> so I think I'm going to, like, no, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to, like, really push it, like, running and uh, shout after her. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help, I guess. And I think eventually um, she does stop. And I think she just, like, leans herself up, like, fa- like, like, face first on a tree. And you can tell that she is pretty upset. I think she's light sobbing, which is a weird look for Horace. What do you do? Can I hug her? Yeah. Yeah, I hug Horace. And I, and I think as you do, she kind of starts to calm down a little bit. And um, she just says, 40 years. 40 years what? I was Horace for 40 years. You still are Horace. And she kind of looks back at you and like she's got like those red rimmed eyes. And she's like, no, I am Adriana. Um, all right. Uh, well. I think that look of bewilderment on Piro's face is a good time to see you next issue. Masks a New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of misunderstandings, betrayals, and school dances. I cannot suggest that enough. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piro is played by Lenny. William Infernus is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or Falling Out of the Sky Above Simone Park. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.